Similar to a well-tuned automobile, a guitar requires the same level of attention to perform at its very best. No matter how expensive your guitar may be, we will treat you and your instrument with the utmost respect. Call 920-723-1733 or visit jeffsguitar.com. Jeff's Guitar Clinic in Ford Atkinson, we love guitars. The attorneys at Jingris, Thompson & Walks have had the honor of receiving numerous awards for their work both in and outside the courtroom. But just as important as receiving accolades for being skilled attorneys, it's equally important to give back to the community in which they live and work. If you want a personal attorney that can help you in so many different areas, they've got them. They're in Eau Claire, Madison, Milwaukee, and Waukesha. They're easy to reach. GTWlawyers.com. Welcome to another podcast at SliceOffice.com. Brought to you by our friends at the Operating Engineers, Local 139, and also Madison Teamsters, Local 695. Joining us now, Madison attorney Steve Eisenberg. Steve, welcome to the show. Hello, Sly. How you been? It's good to, good to have you on. I'm going to play a little bit of the coverage from Channel 27 on what's going on with your big case right now. Here we go. Okay. A newly obtained transcript details what exactly was said in court last Thursday. That's when Wisconsin Department of Justice Special Agent Mark Wagner made his initial appearance in a Dane County courtroom. Wagner is facing a felony charge of second-degree recklessly endangering safety. Court records, including the criminal complaint, say Wagner was the first of two state agents who fired his gun last February during the arrest of Quadron Wilson. Previously released search warrants stated police wanted Wilson on a parole violation and he was the subject of a drug investigation. More than 20 officers from local, state, and federal agencies were part of the arrest operation. Court records outline interviews with Wagner, Special Agent Nathan Pesky, who also fired his gun, and other officers who were at the scene. The officers describe using two police vehicles to pin Wilson from the front and the back. They say Wilson tried to drive his way out, and as he revved the engine, it created smoke. Wagner and Pesky both described fearing Wilson was going to shoot them when he squared toward them. Pesky says he thought he saw a square object in Wilson's hand, and it, quote, looked like the muzzle of a gun. Wagner told investigators he saw Wilson start to quickly move both hands up and, quote, I thought, now he has a gun. Ultimately, investigators never found a gun on Wilson or in his car. The complaint says a third officer used a Halligan tool to break out the rear driver's side window. Wagner said he heard a gunshot and felt something hit him. He then fired what he believed was one shot. Pesky said he heard glass break and saw Wagner fall, prompting him to fire his rifle. Investigators concluded after checking the officer's guns, Wagner fired two shots and Pesky shot five bullets. Medical records say Wilson was hit in the back by five metal fragments from one fired bullet. In court last Thursday, Wagner's lawyer argued the case should be dismissed. He argues Wilson created the risk, spinning his wheels, endangering obviously Wagner and the other officers. The lawyer said Wagner fired a second shot as he was falling back and being blown back, consistent with a bullet hole above the door frame of the car. Wilson's lawyer, Steve Eisenberg, told us prior to the charging decision he thinks it was more dangerous to use 21 officers for a drug arrest on a public road. All right, I'll stop it there because you can talk about this now. Uh, you know, I watch these uh, Netflix series on El Chapo and Pablo Escobar. And Me frankly, too. I don't Me too. Narcos. Right. I don't remember this many officers being used to go after them at one time. What's going on here? I don't know what's going on. It, it, it was it was despicable um, for 21 cops to get together 
to take this guy down, and you know, they found three ounces of cocaine in his car. That's all public record, okay? Uh, they didn't find anything else. And he was on a GPS monitoring bracelet. He was scheduled to go see his PO tomorrow, the next day, because he was going to get a pass to go to Chicago for Valentine's Day with his girlfriend. So you can't leave the state if you're on ES or extended supervision. So uh, why did they not wait till the next day? Because they were hoping to find him with some drugs. Now, they had been watching him for a long time. They knew where he lived. They knew what he did. He had their GPS on. They knew where he was. I have friends with uh, City of Madison, friendly, I'm with City of Madison Police, and they tell me nobody wants to work with DCI because they're all cowboys. Explain who DCI is. Department of Criminal Investigation. Those were the spearheaded agencies that uh, decided to arrest, arrest Quaid. This is the State, Depa- State Department of Justice. Yeah, it, it's, it's the state equivalent, I guess, of the FBI. Okay. Okay? So, uh, so they uh, have this plan, and the night before, they all get together, and now they could have just stopped him on a road with blue and, you know, blue and red lights, just pull him over, and, you know, use the bullhorn, get out of the car, get on the ground, wouldn't have happened. They knew where he was all the time. They could have followed him, waited till he gets out of the car so they could see what he's got in his hands. No, they didn't want to do that either. And this whole, I have never, in 39 years of practicing law, apparently it happens, according to Wagner, 40-some times, that they ram a car from the front and then ram a car from the back. So uh, that's what they do with pickup trucks, large pickup trucks that are not marked with police uh, uh, identification. So they ram them from the front, ram them from the back, and they think to themselves, oh, my God, he swerved, he uh, smoked his tires, and he tried to get away because he thought he was going to be probably executed. So is this a violent man? Is your, is your, is your client a violent man? No, he's not a violent man, and there's no there's there's a there's a uh, he he was convicted of a crime six years ago with a gun involving other um, how should I say it uh, uh, other individuals who were below the law, the law I should say, but since then no there's no claims he walked around with guns and the whole point is if they think he had guns then why not wait to do this in a better area uh, why not wait to pull him over with red and blues and see if, uh, you know, and yell at him through a bullhorn. But to do this in the middle of a busy street at 8.30 in the morning, and that's the problem. Some, somebody way up top said this is a good idea, that we're going to take this guy down, that, we've know, that we know where he's been for the last year, we know he's on a bracelet, we know he's going to the P.O. tomorrow, but let's get 21 cops together, let's smash him from the front, smash him from the rear, Ten cops jump out, and, you know, that report you had earlier, I don't think someone broke out his driver's side rear window because that's where the cops were. I think they broke out the passenger side window. And if this this were me and they had done this to me and smashed my window and ten people rushed me with guns, I would have panicked too. So uh, a friend of mine who's a criminal defense attorney up in Sheboygan, Casey Hoff, I, I asked him to type out some questions uh, because I had him read the criminal complaint as well. And he's, he, he kind of compares this to that ridiculous no-knock warrant up in the Twin Cities where the guy ended up getting killed. He said this is a, kind of the equivalency of a no-knock warrant, isn't it? Well, 
Yes. And, and the problem is the police say, well, uh, it's because Quadron was spinning his tires and panicking that he caused all this. No, he didn't cause this. As I said earlier, there was chaos. And who caused the chaos? The police caused the chaos. The police did everything wrong here to apprehend a relatively nonviolent individual for a drug offense, a minor drug offense. This wasn't 18 kilos of cocaine. For a minor drug offense, and they put into motion everything that caused Quadron to panic. And, and so what if he did panic? What did they expect him to do? And from the moment they slammed him in to the seventh shot is fired is about five to ten seconds. So you tell me, would you sit there stoically? Would you sit there in your, in your car, put your hands up when all this is happening to you, and say, yes, officer, how may I help you? I mean, what did they expect to happen? Well, I have a Suburban. I think I would have been able to put up more of a, a fight. Uh, a fight. Yeah, right. Uh, so yeah. does law enforcement, do officers enjoy some greater ability to use force intended to cause death or great bodily harm than civilians? No, they have the same standards. And what's more, they're trained. They're supposed to know better. And I don't understand, you know, uh, they obviously were amped up. So this guy jumps out of the car and says, I heard a gunshot. Well, he didn't hear a gunshot. There is no gunshot. <laughs> Quadron didn't have a gun. Did he hear the window being smashed out with this Halligan tool? And if he did hear that, shouldn't he have known from his training that that's going to make a loud noise? So I don't know what he did. I think he panicked. And, and, and I think he shot the first one. I don't know why he fell over. The only thing I can think of why he fell over is he shoots twice and is so Scared to death, he falls over in fear. And then the guy behind him with the rifle starts shooting five times. Now, I don't know why he wasn't charged. He should be charged, too. The guy who with the rifle shot. Th this would be um, uh, Agent Pesky? Yes, he should be charged, too. This whole thing, everything that happened is caused by the police incompetence, ineptness, and some plan by somebody, we don't know whose plan this was, way up there who said, this is a good idea. It was ridiculous what they did. So uh, Agent Pesky and his observation that he saw a square object in Quadron Wilson's hand, uh, is, that, is that somehow going to be Wagner's defense, and is it a good one? Uh, no. W you know what? What do you think they're going to say? And I've said this before, too. Everybody else who gets arrested for something, they, the police arrest them usually, usually if it's at the scene of the crime, on the spot. They take him down to the station. They read him his Miranda rights. He either talks or he doesn't talk. These cops, all buddies, all somewhat sophisticated in the interview arena, get together, and they had six days to prepare. They had six days before they were interviewed. What do you think they're going to say? Are they actually going to say, yeah, we went up there, I panicked, I shot my gun accidentally, uh, I got scared, I shot him. they got to come up with something, and what they come up is is really weak. Oh, we saw something in his hand. Well, Quadron said, I saw this, I was scared to death. He thought he was going to die. He didn't know who this was. He didn't know if it was an execution. He said he put his hands up. And that's what he was doing, putting his hands up, because they told him to get his hands up. And before he could get them up, he got shot. And so uh, I, I don't understand 
um, this argument that he might have had a gun, and if they if they thought that, then they should have prepared better beforehand. But uh, my it goes back to the thing I said before. What else are they going to say, Sly? So does got to say something. So does Wagner actually have to physically see a gun before he can use deadly force? He, I'm not sure if he has to see a gun, but the deadly force requirement requires him, and it's in the complaint actually. Before using deadly force, um, and, uh, they have to. Um, the other person has to threaten deadly force. Quadron has to threaten deadly force. So I don't see that at all. And as I said, because he's, he's moving around in there, I don't think that's a threat to the officer of deadly force. I think he panicked. They didn't see a gun, and they never saw a gun, and I still say they've got to come up with something to try and defend what they did. What did you think of the complaint uh, from the district attorney's office, and what did you think of the sheriff's investigation into this? Well, I don't know all. I'll go to the second one first. I don't know all of the sheriff's investigation because we don't have their police reports. There's probably hundreds of pages. We don't have it. Um, as for the complaint, I thought the complaint was drafted in a way to um, minimize what the police did. I'm not sure why we had to put in the complaint that the cops thought he had a gun. I'm not sure why we had to put in the complaint all of these, um, all of the information about what Quadron was doing, that Quadron was trying to uh, 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 smoke his tires. I don't know what that added to it other than to show, well, maybe the police were trying to do the right thing, which I don't think they were. I think Ish uh, Ozan was in a... A uh, rock and a hard place here, between a rock and a hard place. I think he works with all these police departments, but I think he knew, given how the world has changed, that he had to do something here. And, 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 and he did something, but he tried to make it as light as he could. But that's my opinion, and I could be wrong. Is the glass half full part that you're glad the sheriff's department did? I mean, that, that we actually had an independent investigation and at least an officer's being charged? Yes, but and then we go back to the independent investigation. You've got to remember these 21 cops. There were Sheriff Department personnel, City of Madison personnel, FBI, DEA, because there's a task force here because we're not in Miami, so we have limited FBI and DEA in this town, and so they have to work together with the local police departments. The only problem I had with that is that a lot of these officers were also employed by the Sheriff's Department. So you've got the, uh, the proverbial uh, um, foxes guard in the hen house. So, how is your client doing? How- uh, Quadron's okay. Uh, Quadron still has some back pain. He still has uh, some limitations. Uh, I'm anticipating him um, being released in about a year, and he can start over again. Um, he's he's okay. He's um, he's he's doing the best he can. You know, he's lucky he's not dead. He's lucky he's not paralyzed. The cops are lucky they didn't kill him. Um, uh, It's just, um, he's doing the best. He He needs to go and do a new line of work. He needs to to grow up. So when it comes to the actual charge, is that the one you would have filed if you'd been a district attorney? Yes, I all along thought it was recklessly endangering safety. Uh, Case law is pretty clear. If you point a gun at somebody... Uh, even accidentally, uh, even if it's not loaded, or you shoot at someone, or you shoot someone accidentally, 
uh, or because you panic. That's exactly the charge. You don't have an attempted homicide. You don't have enough proof to show that he wanted to go kill him. This is exactly the charge that should have been uh, filed. This is what happens when you point a gun at somebody else without the intent to kill. So as far as your activity, uh, are you still going to be involved in this case? Are you going to be involved with charging or filing a, 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 a lawsuit against the state? Yes, that, that's why I was originally retained. And I am, uh, I'm doing this case along with another uh, civil rights lawyer, Robert Jingris. We're doing this together. Yes, that's why I was originally in this case. I've been, I was hired in this case to pursue primarily a claim against the state of Wisconsin and any other officers who violated Quadrant civil rights. Oh, the Jingris law firm's the one that was involved with the Milwaukee police mistreating the Milwaukee buck. And the settlement that just occurred two, three days ago. Right. With the young man in, in the house, yes. Yes. Uh, sometimes a bigger team is necessary for a case like this. No, that's, a, that's a good firm. All right, so let yeah, me... And, he, and, he, and he's a good guy. So, you know, this really, should be, this really should be an issue we're debating as far as how we use our resources, and th- this probably shouldn't happen again, Right. That's one of the things that the family, Quadrant's family, wants is some policies and procedures that to, to prevent this from happening again. I mean, just think about this. Someone got the bright idea to issue a warrant. Remember, the warrant for his arrest was issued about 7 a.m. on the morning he was shot. This was not, he was not, he was not uh, absconding. Uh, he had just his P, seen his P.O. two weeks before. <coughs> so these guys all got together the night before, or the two nights before, and said, let's get the PO, the probation officer, to issue a warrant because we believe he's engaged in illegal activity. And they get 21 guys together. And what I really would like to see is these operational reports, which we don't have yet. What, what was said at these meetings um, to determine this was the right way to go? So they get together. They decide to do this. They get all amped up. They put on their squat gear and they get their shields, and they smash and grab. And it, it's just, every time I think about it, I cannot imagine whose bright idea this was and who thought this was a good thing to do. I'm a little surprised the state's media has not asked more questions on this. Uh, this should be, we have, a, we have a race for attorney general right now. This should be a debate in the attorney general's race. I'm a friend of the attorney general. I think he's a good guy. I doubt that he likes this, but somebody should ask him if he's going to do something about it, right? Somebody should ask him, what are we going to do about the uh, policies and procedures of DCI in arresting individuals for, you know, I don't care what you want to call it, a nonviolent small-time drug offense. You know, the city of Madison, I'm told, does not allow in its policies and procedures for taking down people to do the ram from the front, ram from behind technique. Because what that does, it encourages um, violence. It encourages um, uh, uh, reactions by people who are rammed from the front and the back to engage in less than stellar behavior because they're scared to death. 
Well, we all panic when we're scared to death. Look, th- if this was an axe murder, I, I might understand it, but it- it's not. I agree. If it were an axe murder, if it were an active shooter, if it were anybody, I, I-, I completely agree. But the problem is, well, it's not the problem. What they overlooked is Quadron isn't an axe murderer, and Quadron isn't a violent, per se, offender. And Quadron, uh, for, and I, I can't emphasize this enough, for the last 12 to 18 months, they knew where he was. They had seen him about. They had watched him at, on occasion. And he's on a bracelet. They knew where he was for the last six or seven months every waking hour. In it, it your, makes no sense. In your 39 years, you've never seen anything like this? Of never practicing uh, never law. And, and, and when, no never and when i see a wagner state he's done this 40 times i don't know where he's doing it where they slam the car and back and forth i i, I don't know where he's doing it i don't know where that comes from i and would so think I, I, I would think law enforcement would not want this you talk about putting cops in danger as well this seems to be bad for everyone how about mary the grandmother driving by or the general public yeah. So, and, and, and you know, it's funny. As soon as this happened, one of the first things that came out where the city of Madison came out and said, our, our cops didn't shoot anybody. And Dane County said, our cops didn't shoot anybody. And I guess it goes back to this, too. When they got had this big meeting and they decided to do all this, um, you know, there were city of Madison cops and Dane County Sheriff's cops. You know, maybe some, someone should have, should have uh, you know, spoken up and said, hey, you know, really, this is what we're going to do? For this guy, when we could have just knocked on his damn door or, God forbid, showed up at the P.O. the next day, because Quadron always made his appointments. And he was working. I mean, this guy was not hiding out in a cabin in the woods. And they could have just put four agents in the, in the, in the, in the office of the P.O. and just popped them there. But no, they couldn't do that because, oh, my God, we want to catch him with something. And they caught him with something. And he paid the price and he's got you know he, he he's accountable and he accepted responsibility and he went to prison and he's doing his thing and he'll be out in a year and is that what this was this all worth it to put him in jail for a year well let me ask you a bigger question in summation here do we still have a problem with a drug war that's overzealous a war oh. on on drugs that's overzealous I was I was I was going to say the thing. I said, did someone up there the night before in the meeting think this will this will win the drug war? I mean, we all know the drug war is lost. It's long being lost. And I will say this publicly: I am not a fan of drugs. I think cocaine's a killer. I think heroin and fentanyl are even more killers. And I think now with the synthetic fentanyl, it's it's horrible. And if you are uh, somebody who says I'm going to try cocaine or I'm going to snort this fentanyl my first time, you might as well put a bullet in the chamber of a gun, uh, spin the wheel, and point it at your head. Uh, I don't know how to win it. Marijuana, who cares? You want to smoke marijuana, although I'm not a fan of that either, because I think it makes you a couch potato, and I think it takes away, especially with a young person, um, their ability to interact, to talk to people. I think it makes you kind of a vegetable, but it ain't going to kill you. But these other things, I don't know what the answer is. But I can tell you, nobody's going to win the war. Not when you have people who succumb to addiction, and addiction is a horrible thing, and I don't know how the world is going to change addiction unless they come up with some drug. 
but uh, you're never going to stop addictive behavior of people, and it's it's sad and it's tragic, and and um, I don't have an answer. But uh, doing what they did to Quadron isn't going to solve anything. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again as this you know as this uh, next case sort of develops, and then the the trial as well. It's going to be an interesting case. And it is, and that's the other thing. You know, they charged him with this. You would think this would go to trial because I would find it very unusual for this type of level of charge to come against a police officer and then have the district attorney somehow um, engage in in a diversion program or something. That um, that would seem to be uh, copping out, if you will. Uh, and, And the other thing you need to know is we are... Uh, we can't get any of these reports. We can't get anything. I have examined both of the pickup trucks. They were allo- I was allowed to examine those with, a, with an engineer to sh- see the damage to those. We have not had access to the car. It's still impounded, and I'm guessing we're not going to get access to that until the criminal case against Mark Wagner is over. Our guest today, Steve Eisenberg. Steve, thanks for coming on. Sly's Office brought to you by Madison Computer Works and also... Our friends at Jeff's Guitar Clinic in Fort Atkinson. Another edition of Sly's Office, slysoffice.com.